South Carolina saw 11 high school signees start classes and subsequently join the football program officially earlier this week. But which of these early enrollees are going to have a chance to start in the fall? Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And obviously, the 2023 football season came to an end for the Gamecocks almost two weeks ago now. It's crazy that it's already been a couple weeks since the Gator Bowl against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish played out. And of course, with the football season having concluded, and now the Gamecocks knowing that they're going to get Spencer Rattler and Antoine Juice Wells back, I know that inherently some of y'all are going to be looking ahead to the 2023 season because... As football fans, you just cannot wait a long period of time for the fall to come back so that you can enjoy college football on Saturdays once again. So we're going to dive into a couple of topics pertaining to next season on today's show. And we're going to start with the early enrollees, three of them specifically, that I think can start for the Gamecocks in 2023. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the Gamecocks welcomed 11 high school signees to campus earlier this week. And those 11 early enrollees were Marquis Anderson, Desmond Umeo-Zulu, Grayson Pup-Howard, Xavier McLeod, Montague Rames, Lenora Sellers, Jalon Kilgore, Connor Cox, Cameron Upshaw, Reed McKeska, and Judge Collier. If you want to participate in this, feel free to pick out three of these guys from this list and compare them to the three that I pick and see just how close we are together. So, for the first early enrollee that I think could start, or in my opinion is really going to start for the Gamecocks in 2023, is Marquis Anderson. And there's a couple different reasons why I think this. Firstly, in my opinion, the interior guard position on South Carolina's offensive line heading into 2023 is an open season position. And what I pretty much mean by that is this. I think it's pretty much anyone's spot, whoever ends up fighting the hardest, whoever ends up, you know, doing the best in practice in spring and fall camp is going to win out these positions. Basically, I don't think these positions are going to be given to anybody. Now, when you look at the guys that are in those spots, you have guys like Rashawn Lee, Grayson Maines, Ja'Kai Moore, Jalen Nichols, John Darius Morgan, and Trey Jones. Basically, you got a mixture of some guys who have started games at these guard positions in the past, but maybe they haven't been the most consistent, or some young guys who might have some potential, but up to this point, they haven't really played any snaps yet in any major college football games. So because of all that, I think that Marquis Anderson is not going to have a whole lot he's going to have to surpass in terms of maybe proven depth in order to get a starting spot here. Another reason why I think Marquis Anderson can grab a starting spot is his work ethic. In an interview that he did with the state's Lou Bajzak not too long ago, I wish I had the specific quote to tell y'all, but 
basically he was talking to him sort of about his journey up to South Carolina and what his plans were going into his freshman year. And he basically told Lupe Zach, I'm paraphrasing here, that he's coming in ready to work and is ready to fight and earn a starting spot this upcoming fall. So clearly, this is a young man who is motivated and somebody who is going to be coming in here and ready to play from day one, at least from a mindset standpoint. And another reason why I think Marquis could start this upcoming fall, his size and versatility. Marquis Anderson already has college-made size. He's 6'4", 320 pounds, which in terms of weight would make him the second biggest lineman on the team already, which is just crazy to think about. And he's also played both guard and tackle at Dorman. He played multiple positions in his time with the Cavaliers in his high school football playing days. So he's got versatility that he offers. He's not a guy that's just played one position for the last three or four years in football. You can move him around to different spots. And the thing is, Marky Anderson has a complete skill set. He's a guy that is both a good run blocker and a good pass blocker. I think he's probably a better run blocker. And the thing is, he can do a bevy of things. He can go downhill towards linebackers. He does really good at sealing off gaps. And he can also pull block quite well, along with his solid pass protection. Marquis, I think, has just about everything you want in an incoming true freshman offensive lineman. And for those reasons, I think that he can definitely start for the Gamecocks this upcoming fall. Now, the second early enrollee that I think could start for the Gamecocks this fall is Grayson Pup Howard. A few reasons why I think this could be the case. I think Grayson Pup Howard's long-term potential is the highest out of all the linebackers in the group that South Carolina currently has. He's a downhill linebacker who's got solid size, can run sideline to sideline, and also cover. I won't make it out like he is the complete package but he's pretty doggone close to it in terms of his skill set and his athleticism that he's going to bring to the football field for the Garnet and Black. His work ethic is also extremely high. He comes from a military background with a father that was in the military for several years, and he joined the team for bowl practice, for crying out loud, back in December when the team was down there in Jacksonville. Of course, someone argued that it was convenient for him to do so because it was right next to his hometown, and sure, that could be correct, but... I would like to believe the former more so because of the fact that, look, he still could have taken the extra time just to spend it with his family, hang out with friends and all that before going to South Carolina. But he's so ready to get after it here in Columbia that he went ahead and got a head start with the team, getting to know the guys up close and personally and seeing how the coaches are going to coach him up in practice. And the other thing is this. Pup Howard has leadership qualities that I believe are going to stick out even as a true freshman. He is clearly loyal to South Carolina and in my opinion is a guy that's going to be willing to fight for something that is bigger than himself and I also see him as a guy who is going to hold teammates accountable in terms of what the program tenets are both verbally and by trying to lead by example I think that South Carolina is getting a future team captain maybe multi-year team captain and all SEC backer in Grayson Pup Howard and I think that could start as soon as eight, nine months from now. And then my last early enrollee that I think could start this fall, and this one I'm admittedly going to cheat a little bit, but you'll see where I'm going with this. Desmond Umeozulu or Montague Rames. I think one of these two guys will be starting in 2023. And this reason is quite simple and straight to the point. There's a lack of proven depth at the defensive end or edge position. 
Terrell Dawkins and Jordan Strawn are by far the most experienced, but both of these guys were taken out in the 2022 season due to injuries, and particularly an ACL injury for Jordan Strawn. And the thing is, y'all, Jordan still needs a medical waiver to be approved by the NCAA to even come back for 2023. Again, don't see any reason why he wouldn't get that. But crazy things have happened before with the NCAA. You never know what you're going to get from them. So, look, it's not a guarantee these guys are going to be 100% and are going to make instant impacts for South Carolina this upcoming fall. So they might need to lean on one of these two true freshmen, Inumea Zulu or Rames, in order to offset that. Trajan Jeffcoat, the transfer defensive end from Missouri who entered the portal just a couple days ago, who... Probably right now looks like he would be coming to South Carolina at this current moment. He could change this whole equation. He could automatically lock up one starting spot as soon as he transfers to South Carolina. But in my opinion, you're still going to need one of these two true freshman defensive ends to step up and play right away. Who that's going to be, in my opinion, will remain to be seen based on how certain events play out over the next couple weeks and leading into fall camp. Now, those are my thoughts on the three early enrollees that I think could start for South Carolina this upcoming season. And speaking of this upcoming season, based on what we know right now, what is the potential floor and ceiling for South Carolina from a record standpoint in 2023? We're going to take a quick look at the schedule and dive into that question in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Now, Bet Online has released their 2024 College Football Championship winner odds, and the team with the highest odds or the best odds, you can probably guess this Georgia at plus 300. South Carolina's odds are listed at plus 15,000. They're listed alongside teams like Florida, Miami, Mississippi State, and a couple of others. Teams like Auburn, Ole Miss, North Carolina, and Wisconsin were all listed with better odds and ahead of South Carolina, which I find to be a bit ridiculous, but that's a discussion for another day. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from college football in the NFL to college basketball and esports. Bet Online has got it all. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Because Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball, where you'll find everything you need to know about college basketball in just one place. Plus, you'll hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now let's talk about the upcoming 2023 football schedule for South Carolina and a potential floor and ceiling record that South Carolina could see in 2023. So to help all of you out, for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, I'm going to pull up the football schedule real quick. For those of you listening on audio, do not worry. We're going to list all the games out loud at some point, so you'll be able to follow along. So the way I broke down the schedule, 
I broke this schedule down into guaranteed wins. Toss-up games where I lean South Carolina. Toss-up games where I lean towards the Gamecocks opponent and guaranteed losses. Those are the four different categories that I used for this discussion. So let's start off with guaranteed wins. I think we can all agree that Furman, Jacksonville State, and Vanderbilt are all going to be wins no matter what happens. South Carolina is just above and beyond way, way more talented than those programs. So those are three wins right there. Now for toss-up games that I lean to South Carolina, I listed North Carolina, Mississippi State, Florida, Kentucky, and Clemson. With the North Carolina game, I've briefly discussed this already on a recent show, but I feel like that North Carolina is starting to go on the downtrend a little bit. I think that North Carolina defense for the last three or four years now has just not been able to match up against any talented and competent offense. I don't see that drastically changing this year. I think they've lost some really talented players on that side of the football. Drake May is returning, of course, and yes, that means that North Carolina will still be dangerous offensively, but they do lose Joshua Downs. You also have to imagine that their offense will take a dip in production because Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator for the Tar Heels, left and took a different job this offseason. So it's going to be interesting to see how North Carolina does with all of this transition, both from a personnel and coaching staff standpoint in 2023. You also have to believe Matt Brown is close to being done as the head coach there. Mississippi State. This one shouldn't be too difficult to talk about. Obviously, really horrific circumstances there. Zach Arnett's going to be a first-year head coach. They're playing this game at South Carolina in Week 4. And yes, Mississippi State does have some talent. Of course, Will Rogers at quarterback. He'll be returning for 2023. But from a roster standpoint, I think South Carolina's just got way too much for Mississippi State to overcome here. Zach Arnett's going to have a lot of bumps in the road in his first year as their head coach. South Carolina should win this game. Florida, I think South Carolina is going to be motivated here. They get Florida after their bye week. I think Florida still is trying to figure out who they really are as a football team. So I think South Carolina, in a close game, manages to get the Gators back this upcoming season. Kentucky, the second-to-last game of the season. Kentucky's definitely added some talent to skill positions offensively. They still got Barry Brown and Dane Key and Tavion Robinson all at receiver. So they're going to be good there. My question is... Is their offensive line going to be that much better in 2023? Because it was a train wreck last season. Yes, the defense is going to be good. But if that offensive line for Kentucky hasn't drastically improved, then I think South Carolina should win this game, especially with it being in williams Bryce. No matter how talented they are at the skill positions, this is still a line of scrimmage game at the end of the day. Clemson, I think the Gamecocks win this game as well. I really think that Clemson is starting to realize that they have taken a few steps back. They're losing some really good players from their team this past year. They still have Will Shipley, but that defensive front for Clemson is about to lose so many guys. They've lost Brian Breesey. They lost Miles Murphy. They've lost Trenton Simpson, I believe, as well. They also lost K.J. Henry. Clemson is going to have to rely on some younger players to step up in those spots in 2023. That secondary there is, I believe, is a little bit questionable. And I just don't know behind Antonio Williams who their weapons are going to be out wide. I think Clemson still got way too many question marks. I think they are really optimistic, a little bit overly optimistic, about what Cade Klubnick could do for them in the next couple of years. And that offensive line for theirs. Yes, they're a good run-blocking unit, but their pass-blocking still needs to improve. I think South Carolina should win that one. Now, in terms of toss-ups where I lean towards South Carolina's opponent, let's start off with Tennessee. Let's be honest. Tennessee is going to be out for blood 
when this game comes up on the schedule. Tennessee is going to be looking to avenge the embarrassing loss that they suffered to the Gamecocks last year. It's in Knoxville. It's going to be the third game of what is going to be a tough three-game SEC stretch here for the Gamecocks playing at Georgia in Week 3, then Mississippi State at home, and then having to go back on the road to play Tennessee. Tennessee is losing a lot of starters from their magical season they had in 2022. They're still going to be a talented football team. I still think they're going to put up some points. South Carolina is losing some really experienced defensive stars in their own right. And this is a game where if the youth has not grown up yet on that side of the ball, I could see where this thing could get a little bit hairy for South Carolina as it progresses. So I could see Tennessee more likely winning this game, but I don't think it's a guarantee here. Missouri, look, until South Carolina proves they can beat Missouri, this game is going to be a game where I'm going to start respecting the Tigers a lot more in this aspect. Something about Eli Drinkwitz He just seems to know how to game plan for the Gamecocks. He seems to know what exactly his team needs to do in order to beat them. He's proven it year in and year out now. And it's also on the road after a Florida game where I expect emotions are going to be running high for South Carolina, especially the players that are returning who are going to want to avenge that embarrassing defeat they suffered back in 2022. And then for the third toss-up where I lean towards the opponent, the final one, I got Texas A&M. This one's right after the Missouri game. This is, in my opinion, probably the toughest three-game stretch of the season in terms of considering the schedule dynamics and where they're playing and the emotions coming in. Texas A&M is going to be right after Missouri. It's a back-to-back road game stretch here for the Gamecocks. Kyle Field is, of course, one of the most difficult environments to play in all of college football. Texas A&M, yes, they went 5-7 and seven last year, but look... Texas A&M is still very talented. Connor Wegman, I think, is a really good quarterback. If they can get a competent offense in there, which I think they will have this next season with Bobby Petrino, I think Texas A&M could at least get back to their usual eight-win season this next year. So I do think Texas A&M is going to be a much tougher out this time around. I don't think South Carolina can just rely on special teams and defense to get the job done again. So this is one where, I, again, I think South Carolina can win but I will be willing to lean towards Texas A&M at this current moment in time. And then the one guaranteed loss on the schedule, I mean, come on now. Got to give respect to Georgia and what they've done. They obliterate South Carolina in 2022. I'm not going to say they completely blow them out, but I see Georgia winning that game convincingly no matter what. South Carolina have to have a lot of things go their way to win that game in 2023. So I got Georgia as their one guaranteed loss. And that's the thing with South Carolina's schedule. I don't think there's a lot of games where you look at the game itself and compare both teams and say, South Carolina is just going to be completely outmatched. I don't think there's any game on that schedule where you can say it except for Georgia, which I think is a good sign for South Carolina. So in terms of my projected ceiling from a record standpoint in 2023, I think that the Gamecocks, If things go right, they can win all the toss-ups that I favor them in and half of the toss-ups in which I favor the opponent. And in this case, since we're going to be optimistic, I'll say they win two to three toss-ups that I favor their opponent. So I think South Carolina's ceiling in 2023 is 10-2, which would be a great season. And if South Carolina were to go 10-2 at that point, the national media would no longer be behind on South Carolina. They would be all in on what's going on here in Columbia. Now, in terms of the flip side of the coin, the projected floor for the Gamecocks, if the Gamecocks don't have the ball bounce their way in multiple different aspects, let's say they lose all the toss-ups where I favor their opponent, and they only win half of the toss-ups in which I favor the Gamecocks. In the worst possible scenario, I could see a pathway where the Gamecocks go 5-7. and 
So basically, I think that the Gamecocks win range in 2023 is anywhere from 5 to 10. I think that it's kind of like 2022 all over again in the sense where, you know, there's a few games that will really tell the fan base and the media, of course, where this team is heading and how this team is going to perform. And again, I think those three games are Tennessee, Missouri, and Texas A&M. If the Gamecocks win the majority of those games, I think the Gamecocks will have had a solid, solid season. If they lose all of those games and say a couple of the toss-ups where I think they should win, then South Carolina is going to be in for a rough 2023 slate. All right, now let's get away from the football field and look back to recruiting a little bit because there was a priority offensive tackle that trimmed his list once again just a couple days ago, and the Gamecocks remain in the race. Who am I talking about here? We'll discuss this prospect in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat content and calories that are usually included? Then you've got to try out Built Bar because Built Bar is the protein bar that can help you accomplish your goals in the new year. They aren't just healthy. They're also extremely enjoyable. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in multiple different flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and a whole lot more. I'm salivating just thinking about that right now. These bars are only 130 calories, include just 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And right now, you can get these bars at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. If you go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a 4-bar box that includes cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. At Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box that includes brownie batter and churro. I promise you, you're going to thank me for this later because Built Bar is where tasty is the new healthy. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. The South Carolina Gamecocks have already set their sights on multiple high-level blue-chip prospects for the 2024 recruiting class, multiple prospects of which are in their backyard right here in the state of South Carolina. And one of those prospects is offensive tackle Josiah Thompson, the Dillon High School product that has garnered the attention of multiple prestigious college football programs. But up to this point, the South Carolina Gamecocks have been viewed as a longtime leader for the Palmetto State native. And that remains to be the case. As Josiah Thompson released his top six just a day or two ago and listed the South Carolina Gamecocks in the top six alongside Georgia, Clemson, Tennessee, Miami, and Alabama. A very star-studded top six at that. Now, if you ask me for my personal opinion at this current moment, I would say that this is probably still an in-state battle. I definitely can't see how Josiah Thompson is showing some interest in some of these other programs like Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee because right now they're some of the better programs in the sport of college football. But I think that Josiah Thompson is a kid that wants to remain relatively close to home. And so for that reason, I think South Carolina and Clemson are two of the bigger programs here to watch. I still think, though, South Carolina is, by and large, in the driver's seat here. South Carolina has a long-standing relationship here 
with Josiah Thompson. I think they might have been their his first ever offer, maybe his first ever Power 5 offer. Definitely was probably the first offer to come to him out of all the schools that were listed in his top six. And I can promise you Josiah Thompson as a prospect has not forgotten that. And considering the fact that they are also the flagship university of his home state, I think that South Carolina's got a lot going for him right now. Lonnie Teasley now is their new offensive line coach, or at least has been promoted to that position. It's a great thing that Greg Atkins seems to be feeling better in terms of his health and is now in that analyst role. But South Carolina needed to have some stability at the offensive line coach position moving forward. Lonnie Teasley now offers that. He's a little bit younger, so maybe he can relate to these prospects even more so than maybe Greg Atkins was able to. Of course, not saying that he couldn't. Greg Atkins was a fantastic recruiter in his own right. But what I am saying is Lonnie Teasley, I think, can pick up right where Greg Atkins has left off with a lot of these kids. And because of all these factors, I think that there should be no concern here in this recruitment at this current moment. I still think the Gamecocks lead heavily here for Josiah Thompson. And honestly, at this point, it would probably be a real stunning upset if any other school were to land Josiah Thompson by the end of his recruitment. So with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. Which three early enrollees do y'all think can start in 2023? Do you think it's I do you think it's any of the guys I listed, like Marquis Anderson, Grayson Pup Howard, or one of the two true freshman defensive ends in Desmond Umeo Zulu and Montague Rames? Or do you think it's gonna be a different set of early enrollees? What are your thoughts on what the potential ceiling and floor could be for South Carolina from a record standpoint this upcoming football season? And lastly, what are your thoughts on where South Carolina stands in Josiah Thompson's recruitment? Let me know all of your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. Or you can shoot me a direct message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter. And I'll try to respond to your message as quickly as I see it. And once again, don't forget to make Locked On College Basketball your second listener to watch now that you have listened to or watched the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>